And on a Thursday, just after 10.30, that was a frog. Um, we line up everyday heroes. These are organizations and people that do just amazing work uh, in our communities today. Spotlight falling on, uh, well, Rare Diseases Day. And Kelly Duplessis is the CEO of Rare Diseases SA. Uh, welcome, Kelly. It's great to have you. Thanks so much for having me. And since Rare, Rare Diseases Day falls on the 29th, does it mean you're, you're only doing your thing on the 29th of Feb, rather? No. So it's always celebrated on the last day of February, but we do extra special stuff on the 29th when we obviously celebrate the leap year. Okay. So in South Africa, rare diseases apparently affect as many as 4.2 million, or one in every 15 South Africans. How is a rare disease defined? So technically speaking, a rare disease is considered a disease is considered rare when it affects one person in a population size of 2,000. But that statistic is obviously related to some of the more common conditions like cystic fibrosis and lupus, multiple sclerosis, etc. Some of the more rarer conditions will affect like one in you know one in millions. I would suspect that maybe diagnosis is not very easy in a country like South Africa in certain instances. That is 100% correct and quite sad because we've got all the ability to be able to do it. Um, unfortunately, what we lack is the, the financial input and, and obviously the political will to, to actually encourage our laboratories, etc., to do this. You know, South Africa is in a, in a unique opportunity where we're one of the few countries in the world that, has, uh, that are treating rare disease patients who are also HIV positive. We've got great genealogy in terms of us being a rainbow nation. So... There's so much rich cultural data to learn from South Africa um, if, we, if we got the investments into the diagnosis. But from a patient's perspective, often not having that diagnosis actually prohibits you from being able to receive the necessary care. You talk about lack of political will. Just give us an idea of what an ideal South Africa should look like in response to rare diseases. Well, I think as a start, you know, we'd like to feel that our patients have been accounted for and recognized somewhere within the system. 4.1 million people is a large enough group of the population for us to warrant having dedicated policies, etc., to be able to care for these patients. I think another important thing is that rare diseases are not just a healthcare priority. We pay for these patients, whether we're paying for them in healthcare or whether we're paying for them in social services. You know, it's not like they just disappear because someone's declined them from a healthcare perspective. We then go on to care for them in other parts of society. So a comprehensive and well thought out, robust uh, policy framework would really, really go a long way in ensuring that these patients' needs are met. I believe that you may have some issues in respect of the universality of the understanding of rare diseases as well. Yes, I think that there's this perception that, you know, because you won't know two people with the same rare condition, um, that they're so rare that you'll never find them. But realistically, one in 15 South Africans. So if you look at the 15 closest people to them, uh, you know, to you at the moment, and understand that one of those people is, is more than likely impacted. And if you don't know it yet, then it, you might still be on that journey to a diagnosis. Um, often in the, ch in the children's space with pediatrics, those conditions are very progressive, so they're very, very obvious. But for some of the other conditions that only manifest later on in life, I mean, you wouldn't be able to pick these patients out of the lineup. Uh, you know, it's not to say that they, they look different. Some of these conditions are very invisible to the, to the indiv you know, to individuals in society. So 
So these patients are definitely out there. It's just we're not speaking to them, we're not asking the right questions, and we're not engaging with yeah. them as we should as a society. I, I think that question was, are we committed uh, to the same understanding of what constitutes a rare disease internationally? Yes, so we are. Um, we weren't previously. I think lots of different countries have their own definitions, but we've done a lot of work and we were one of the participating countries that worked with the WHO in developing a global definition. And that definition has now been accepted as the one in 2000 that I detailed earlier. Okay, so there is universal agreement on that. Now, you also, I think, suggesting that the issues... Um, the is- issues are both in the private and the public sector. Uh, the private sector we consider well-resourced. The public sector we consider under-resourced. Why are we finding a problem in terms of especially diagnosis and treatment in the private sector as well? Well, so the, pub- the private sector, I think many people will know, anyone who's ever had anything to do with the prescribement of a benefit um, with a medical scheme will know that the, the basis of the care is provided back on what is determined in state. So if you're not having the services in the state facility, it's not to say that you won't have them in the private sector. Um, I think also actually the academic knowledge within the public sector is actually much better um, and they have really good holistic and uh, multidisciplinary teams that you don't see in the private sector. So what we really actually need is for us to define a combined approach that is a country-orientated approach um, that allows patients to slot into systems regardless mm. of what sector they're in, be it private or public. How it gets reimbursed would obviously change, meaning who foots the bill. It would either be the medical aid or the state facility, but that the facilities and the services should be should be streamlined to ensure that all patients receive appropriate care. I'm, cha- I'm chatting to Kelly Duplessis, CEO of Rare Diseases SA, our everyday hero today. Well, because essentially the 29th of February is recognized as Rare Diseases Day, an initiative to raise awareness and generate support for everyone who is on a rare medical journey. And if you want such person, maybe you want to tell us about that journey and the very many obstacles that you've confronted on that journey. Uh, you're welcome to drop us uh, a voice note or a text note via WhatsApp 0725671567. In this particular instance, however, uh, we'd like your call on 021-446-05. Six seven um, NPO Rare Diseases SA aims to provide an improved quality of life for those living with rare diseases and those impacted by it. Kelly Duplessis, founder of the organisation, of course, with us at this moment in time. Uh, give us a couple of examples that we may be familiar that that falls within that definition of rare disease. So I think one of the, um, obviously something like motor neuron disease, uh, I think that that's something that we all know because of the fact that we have a love for our rugby players and they're often impacted. So that was uh, something, you know, that U.S. von um was diagnosed with. Um, something like multiple sclerosis, I think many people know multiple sclerosis is quite common. Um, many of the muscular dystrophies, um, you know, there's quite a few neurological conditions and uh, a lot of the autoimmune conditions like rheumatoid arthritis, etc. So there's lots and lots and lots of different conditions. I think one of the tough things about finding these patients is that many of the symptoms between two conditions can often mimic things of the more common disease. So as an example, you might have a rare lung condition, but you present as, as a typical asthma patient. And as a result of that, you find that a lot of the time um, these patients go on to be misdiagnosed. So my advice to you is 
something uh, that is considered relatively common, but you're not adding that you're improving on that treatment, it's always worth going back to your doctor to be reinvestigated. Uh, somebody writes, hi Clarence, my son has PSC, how rare is that in South Africa? He is currently living in Scotland, was blessed with a transplant, kind regards, Colleen in Deep River. Don't know if you can respond to that, Kelly? Uh, yes, it is, it is quite rare. Um, we have a couple of patients within the South African state. Um, so that condition is called primary sclerosis uh, cholangitis. Um, but it, it is also considered a chronic liver condition. So um, I think this is one of the one of the diseases that's probably just underdiagnosed within the South African space. I think we would probably find a lot more of them yeah. with improved interventions. Well, rare diseases by implication would mean uh, for the big pharmaceutical companies not much incentive uh, to find a suitable uh, response, uh, a suitable medi- medication. Um, what's being done to develop treatments? Uh, so there's a lot of research going into treatments um, and developing treatments. I think that the challenge comes in, how do we develop funding mechanisms that will allow them to be sustainable? I think we read every day in the newspapers, it's often you know, highlighted in the media, that some of these newer technologies and advancements in medicine come at a really significant high cost. Um, and we need to look at ways to, to you know, be able to bring in the products and make sure patients are able to access them, but also by doing it in a way that is socially responsible um, that doesn't inhibit, you know, prohibit care in another setting um, because of the fact that you're now investing so much in these diseases. So I think that there is lots of work to be done, but there is a willingness and there's certainly, um, you know, we've got a lot of stakeholders working on trying to alleviate some of these issues. But certainly, you know, over the last 15 years, massive developments have been made. I can say that when my son was diagnosed, which was 14 years ago, had he been diagnosed two years prior to that, there was no treatment available. But because he was diagnosed in 2010, a treatment had recently become available, and that remains the treatment that he's on today. And we don't have any new treatments available for that condition yet in South Africa. But there is lots of work being done. Uh, that's, that's good news. Uh, tell us about this Rare X conference. What is that all about? So that's our conference that we host every second year. Um, COVID obviously threw a span in the works, and we weren't able to host it for um, that time. But it is essentially it's one of the very few medical meetings in this country where we bring together uh, government uh, members from you know, a variety of different stakeholders and organs of state, as well as patients and clinicians and academics and researchers. So it's a collective group, and we all sit together for three days, and we discuss the problems, and we come up with solutions. And I think it's such an invigorating conference because you get to understand everyone's perspective. It's easy for me to sit from the patient's point of view and vent about my frustrations, but it really takes open, transparent uh, conversation to understand what everyone, all the other stakeholders' barriers are as well. And I think that this conference just provides such a great opportunity for us to be able to have those candid conversations and develop solutions. Oh, we really appreciate uh, this time with you today. Thank you very much, Kelly Duplessis, CEO of Rare Diseases SA, our everyday hero for today.